This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Just being who I am, and I hope to encourage people not to be like me, but to be who they are. Hi, flamethrowers. Shireen here. I'm so excited to have Bridget Pettis on with us today. Bridget Pettis is a legend, has three decades of experience in the WNBA as a player, coach, and executive. Her career began in 1997 when she was selected by the Phoenix Mercury as seventh overall pick in the first WNBA elite draft. She played in the WNBA for eight seasons with the Mercury and Indiana Fever before joining Phoenix coaching staff as an assistant in 2006 and helping them to two championships, 2007-2009. She served as the Mercury's director of basketball operations from 2010 to 2013 before joining the LA Sparks. As an assistant coach, then she spent three seasons with the Dallas Wings, and most recently as an assistant coach with the Chicago Sky. She is the founder and executive director of Project Roots, which is a nonprofit aimed to provide and educate the community with access to a community garden, food bank, and mobile soup kitchen. They seek to provide and promote a healthier, natural, and sustainable way of living in urban areas. And as Bridget said, to educate and feed the South. Welcome so much, Bridget. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. There's a lot of hype about the WNBA, which is long overdue. For those of us that follow, we know it's an amazing league. What are some of the biggest changes you've seen from all perspectives, player, coaching, and what are the biggest improvements you've seen in the league? I think, honestly, everything has always been an improvement. We've just been a growing league in itself. Player-wise, every player, players, the talent has improved, coaching, the the coaching level with the technology and information that we've been able to upgrade on has improved. In every area that I've seen, the WNBA has constantly improved. And this year was one was is going to be one of the biggest paid out years. So mm-hmm. even financially, the WNBA is improving. The support has been growing slowly, but it's not on the level that, you know, we are all wanting it to be on and know that it can be on. The WNBA is only here today, 23 years later, because it has been improving. I know in other, in certain areas, financially, it hasn't always profited in the best ways, but it's, but it is growing. And it's image that is putting out there as far as community and service and helping our, to connect with the youth and education, it has improved. It has been making a huge impact on our community and just the empowerment of young girls and empowerment of sports itself and what it does for us. So 
I think the WNBA has been on a great path. I'm just encouraged that it'll continue that way, see more and more support in it, and, and the effects that will come from it will benefit our community. You are one of the few Black women coaches, assistant coaches, and part of the staff. Are you hopeful that that balance will even out and get stronger as the league continues? Absolutely. I mean, I think the former players need to come back and they're looking to come back. More opportunities need to present themselves, but not just coaching, but also ownership of team. Mm -hmm. We are, you know, educating ourselves on a whole nother ballgame of becoming owners of things that we have interest in. So I think we'll see more WNBA owners from women players as well as in the executive positions. Yeah, that's really important. I think that's one thing that gets sometimes lost in the discussion is ownership and executive, you know, roles, not just playing for so long. It was playing, but we're talking about coaching and different levels and officials even. What is the thing when you transition as a player to a coach? What's the biggest thing you miss about not playing anymore? Um, I think you go in the early in the beginning of it, it's just a, it's just a weird position. Like you're used to being on the court to make things happen. And then you have to learn to communicate a way of making things happen. You have to learn to, to share the game in a different way. So I think that was the biggest adjustment besides the shoes. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's always got to be in tennis shoes and I was comfortable, but... <laughs> I mean, the game is the game. I learned the game at a young age, and you just get to be a part of it and give it back in a different way. So it was nice. I love that about the shoes. I mean, these are things people don't even think of, but it's so <laughs> it's so important. You being an identifiable Muslim Black woman are one of the very few in major league sports. It's such an important role. Do you consider yourself a role model for the young girls out there? or it's just part of who you are and what you do and you don't give it that much. Yeah, I don't give it that much. I just it's just who I am. It's it's the path that I, I live. And I'm growing in all my ways. So, you know, I know that when I was young there was a player that I looked up to and Latanya Pollard. I didn't need to be around her much, but just the fact that I knew that she was had interest in the same things that I did, it encouraged me to, to keep going. It encouraged me in the, in my own walk. And absolutely, I know that being a part of the WNBA for so long, I, I've seen the young girls look up to us and they inspire to go on their own paths. In other areas, that is just as inspiring in our faith, in our choices of our health. It just depends, you know, what people connect to. I'm just being who I am, and I hope to encourage people not to be like me, but to be who they are. Speaking of growing, this is a beautiful transition. Let's talk about Project Roots. A WNBA star turned coach has really made a mark on the community here. She uses her voice to get the most out of professional athletes. Now WNBA coach Bridget Pettis is using that voice to better her community as well. She's starting a community garden in South Phoenix. Really a great story. I had the pleasure of speaking 
with Bridget Pettis about her passion for growing food. From tending to athletes, the former Phoenix Mercury assistant coach is now tending to the many vegetables she's growing as part of Project Roots, a nonprofit shooting to educate and feed those most vulnerable. <laughs> That's a great segue. How did you get interested in community gardening and this type of community organization where gardening and sustainable food is really a huge conversation that we want to see grow and want to see get, get larger? How did you get into that? I started growing at a community garden myself. I was a part of a community that was teaching me the lay of the land and how to grow food from it. And it gave me knowledge. It brought knowledge to my family and it brought knowledge to the community on, you know, a better, healthier way of living. So I just got into it because I had interest. And, mm -hmm. and the reason I started it is because I saw the benefits of it as far as the amount of food that comes when you grow your own food and then what we could do with it and how we can put this back in the community, how we can teach other people how to do it, mm -hmm. how we, we can bring organic food back to our our tables without it costing so much money. Right. Um, to me, it just seemed like a smart direction to go in life and that could benefit my own lifestyle first. And then I wanted it to present it in a way where it can offer it to other people as well. A community garden is like my new basketball team. <laughs> We're doing something different in everything. It takes everybody. So I've been used to working with people. This is how we created Project Roots. It's not just me that's doing it. It takes the community to do it. We have volunteers going out there today, offering their time and their energy to be a part of something that can benefit all of us. And you're nurturing, like I love that metaphor, it's your new basketball team because you're coaching them, you're nurturing them, you know, you're trying to get them to grow. I mean, my zucchini plant needs a lot of coaching and nurturing, so maybe you can give me some tips about that. But I think that's really fascinating, like the, the conversation so much these days is about health as well and sustainable growth and growing your own food is not just an economic conversation, it's also a health conversation. I know, especially in this time, and I know that you left your coaching job at Chicago Sky, and it was because of your concern for um, issues around health. Did you not think that that was being addressed within the way that it needed to be from the league as a whole? No, I mean, I think that it's like both ways. I mean, I only have my perspective. I thought that, you know, we should pay attention to it a little bit more, but then they felt like they were getting all the information that they could. So what, what do you know? Right. My biggest concern was, well, where can I make the biggest impact? And I love the game. It's been, it's blessed me in so many ways, but I, I actually was a part of what I was doing, starting with Project Roots hands-on, and I can see the, the bigger impact that it was making. And I, I trust the players, you know, I, I had a good conversation with the Chicago team before I left and we're all focused on making the impact that we can make. And that's the way that they believe they can make a bigger impact, even on social justice, which, is, I'm, which I'm a supporter of. So I encourage them to go ahead and walk their path. if They feel comfortable to do that. And, and I'm going to just go off and walk the one that I know that I'm feeling called to do. That's wonderful. Do you feel like at all that you have impacted other basketball players with your involvement in community gardening? And because I mean, that as a whole, 
can lead to greater conversations about community involvement and, like you said, social justice issues. Have you managed to get other people um, in the league to start considering community gardening as well? Um, I don't know if I've gotten too many involved in community garden, but I definitely know I've got a lot of them to start gardening. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, one thing, good thing about athletes, we've been connected to our body. We use our body to the best abilities that we could. And even if we choose not to be a performing athlete anymore, we're still connected in this way. And we use our body to the best benefit that we can. And and a lot of former players are interested in how they can stay healthy, how they can provide for their families in a healthier way. Yeah, I'm glad that I've been a part of encouraging them and, and inspiring them to do that in their ways. And there's there's players out there that have encouraged me to do many things as well. Sue Wicks, she's an oyster farmer now. She was a former New York Liberty player. So she encouraged me to go back to fishing and, you know, connecting with the land in an, in an even different way. So so did you say oysters? Yeah, she's an oyster farmer. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I mean, these are things that I, I think we, we don't hear enough of, like these really cool projects that are definitely grassroots and getting back from the land and doing it in a holistic way. Let's start at the basics, Bridget. What is the easiest vegetable to grow? Easiest vegetable to grow. Uh, if people have limited, limited, like I don't have a yard, can we start with like a pot kind of thing? Yeah, tomatoes. Okay. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> so start with tomatoes. Because then you'll learn the watering. When you spend time with them, you'll learn how to water them. You can tell if they're thirsty. You can tell if they're getting too much water. And the fruit is very evident on the tomato. So, And the tomato makes yeah. people feel better because it, it gives multiple fruit. <laughs> so out of all the things that you've done, like the many incredible things you've done, do you feel like gardening is as difficult as coaching or playing at a professional league? Or is it all different kinds of challenges? Nah, it's all different kinds of challenges. I was just coaching my nephew the other day and getting him to understand the concept of messing up. I said, mess up all day. Keep on. Do the drill and mess up and mess up and mess up and mess up. Mm. And that's how you want to get better. And don't make a big deal out of messing up. And that's kind of like my approach. Like, I've killed many plants. <laughs> okay, I feel a lot better right now, to be very honest. Like, it took me years to figure out how to grow basil. Yeah, I've, I've drowned many basil plants. <laughs> mm -hmm. Amen. So, I mean, that's how you learn. You you spend time with it. You're in your garden. You, you see how the plant grows. And the best way to grow, I will say, is from seed because you get to get the beginning stages of that. Okay. See the seeing the sprout and the sunlight and, and the amount that it might need. Now, seedlings are something the starter plants are what people typically who haven't grown any food they prefer that because you want you want to see something right now visual. So. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good way to start. My sister does a lot. Of, she started with seedlings, and I, I just am I'm amazed at her garden. You're an athlete who works with your hands. So did gardening come naturally to you? Because, again, you're working with your hands. You know what I mean? You're putting your yourself into it, your body into gardening. Like some people might not consider it a natural transition. Was it an easy transition for you? It was easy for me. I was always like an outside. I am still outside person. So. 
that I think that's the big adjustment for people. You know, we're a television generation where we're given so many hours inside and I'm just not. So <laughs> so that was the easier transition. Um, but my mother, she she grows a lot of plants. She started her garden. She was a big part of, you know, just keeping me connected to seeing plants and nature all around me. That's amazing. If somebody wants to support your work at Project Roots, how do we do that? Well, the best way, um, go to our website. It's www.projectrootsaz.org. And we have a donation page. You can donate in many ways. We also still are in need of different supplies for our community garden. And we're also looking to extend our community garden back in my hometown where I was grew up, Gary, Indiana. We're looking for acquiring land out here to start a community garden, which is a majority African-American community. And just to, you know, spark interest here and get the knowledge in, in the area where I'm rooted from. That's beautiful and powerful. Thank you so much for that. I will keep trying with the plants. Yes. (laughs) I'm very motivated by this conversation. You have no idea. I'm very, very grateful for this wisdom because I've struggled with gardening and my kids have said that I have a black thumb, but I like you said about messing up, like keep at it. I want to thank you so much and good luck with Project Roots and I hope you and your family stay safe and healthy and thank you for being on Burn It All Down. Thank you and thank you for having me. And I'll spit you out And I'll play with your babies to the screaming